0: hello all i actually mixed up the release dates for the past couple of episodes so this was meant to be for episode 100 but i was a little behind and took a little while to get the audio from this presentation but what i want to do here is present to you or share with you a presentation i recently gave at innovator md they have an annual world conference And this was the presentation that I was invited to give there. It's a great place for physicians and entrepreneurs to connect and share ideas and try to change the future of healthcare. And with our focus on changing medical education, well, it seemed like a good fit. So I hope you'll enjoy this quick presentation and feel free to reach out if you have any questions about this product and the presentation and would love any feedback. All right, here's the show. Welcome to the Medical Mnemonist Podcast, brought to you by Med School Coach. Each episode, take a journey into the top techniques for medical mnemonics, study skills, board exam tips, and accelerated learning in higher education. Now, here's your host, Chase DeMarco. Welcome, everyone, to Innovator MD World Congress 2021. I'm so appreciative to be here, so grateful, and glad that I can return after my last keynote speech about medical education. My name is Chase DeMarco, and I am the CEO of Find a Rotation. And I wanted to tell you how you can be a part of shaping the next generation in clinical education. So, a little background about myself and the origins of where this came from is I've always considered myself a planner and in undergrad I would actually plan out maybe 2-3 semesters ahead of time fitting all the different schedules together the time slots the different locations and trying to make sure that everything was organized and there were backup plans just in case one messed up and caused a domino effect. So when I was accepted into medical school I tried to visualize what potential futures and outcomes I could attain and how to do so very effectively. So I began using the same sort of planning And procedures to reach out to physicians and hospitals about possible specialties and locations that I might want to do clinical rotations in. And I was always told by my hospital or school administrators and other physicians, well, you can just cold call physicians, just reach out to them. You might get lucky and find some. And I'm sure most of you here, whether you're a physician or someone that's reached out to a physician, knows that cold calling is not the most efficient way to get through to people. So despite calls and emails and outreach on social media, it really didn't lead to any sort of positive outcomes. So I decided to outsource my clinical rotations when I hit my third and fourth year in medical school to a third-party rotation agency. And the problem here is that they charged me an additional several hundred to several thousand per week on top of tuition to utilize their services and to gain rotations in places outside of my school's normal network. And I came from a small school, so there was not much of a network to work with. And I began to think that there has to be a better way to form clinical education, a more efficient way. So in 2019, I began R&D on a crowdsourced clinical education platform. And I wanted to think of the best companies out there right now, the ones that are so ingrained in our society that we actually use them as verbs. And you don't really hear someone say, oh, we need to find a vacation rental this week. You say, we're going to Airbnb it, or I need to find a ride home You say, well, I'm going to Uber home. And that's where the idea for crowdsourcing this information came from. It is a much more efficient system in many different ways. And if we began to crowdsource our clinical education aspects, this could greatly shape the next generation of medical education. Crowdsourcing provides a lot of benefits and looking just at the working physicians in practice right now in the U.S., about 85% of them are in the community sector and only 15 in academics. And many of them in the community sector would love to teach, but there's the issue of finding students, of scheduling, of payments, and it's just a lot of administrative work that they might not have the time to do necessarily. So by crowdsourcing this information through our SaaS platform, it gives the added benefit of utilizing these untapped resources in a multitude of different healthcare scenarios. Plus, this can be utilized in other non-physician-based educational clinics, whether it's uh, nursing or pharmacy, some sort of tech. By increasing the number of clinical educators, we provide a lot more opportunities for them and for the learners. We can also start breaking down these traditional barriers between academic and non-academic physicians. In a very meaningful way, utilizing increasing the affordability from increased supply with a relatively stable demand. And by utilizing technology and automations, we can make this process very simple so that it doesn't create an extra burden or time sink for the clinicians or the hospitals that might take students currently or would like to, but don't have the ability to. All of this just comes to advancing medical education in ways that we haven't really seen before. There are many benefits from both the learner side and from the clinic side, but you have to understand that clinical education is very complex. You have the regulatory boards, the accreditation agencies with their general regulations. You have every school with a slightly different curriculum based on these general guidelines from the agencies. They have dozens to hundreds of students, all with different needs at different particular times to mix and match and schedule. And then you have the clinics that can change constantly, whether a physician changes a location or specialty or something like a pandemic (laughs) happens. And all of these needs are constantly shifting. So when you have separate locations or a small facility that you're working with, it is very much more limited than if you had a central marketplace for all of these tasks to be handled very efficiently. From the school side or the student side, We can increase their opportunities in a number of ways in different locations in different specialties than they might have available or if there's competitive specialties at their local school for instance mine gave away lottery tickets to those that wanted maybe a radiology rotation or something that was limited but now you can reach outside of your school's resources very easily there's also entirely complete transparency through an open marketplace such as this there's no one saying we're only allowing certain students in at this school or certain locations here, or in other ways limiting the educational experiences for these learners. And of course, the increased affordability, we discussed the increased supply, but also not charging those insanely excessive fees that using outside agencies might have to do. And for those that haven't heard of these agencies before, they're becoming a lot more commonplace, especially as so many schools and hospitals have had to shut their doors to clinical experiences. But also for the preceptors and the clinics, there is the full autonomy. There's no one restricting what you do, how you do it. You have complete control over your schedules, the types of students, the numbers of students, and the rotation compensation to make sure that you are getting your money's worth for the effort you're putting in to train them. There's also a lot of automation that goes into this platform from the scheduling, e-signatures, in-chat messaging, and payment systems that can all be done very quickly and easily. And there are a lot of rewards and incentives that physicians might not know about for teaching students. You might be forced to teach a student in an academic situation, but in the community or otherwise, you can also attain CME credits in some instances, tax incentives in certain states. And a multitude of other awards now the pandemic has also really changed how we view medical education and medicine in general in a lot of ways and one of the big advances has been the growth in telemedicine and as such also the growth in telemedicine rotations also known as telerotations or remote rotations and these observerships because they're not hands-on you might think that these are a decreased educational aspect But compared to the alternative, which might be no clinical education, these have sufficed for, well, the better part of two years now to provide these clinical education aspects for learners. And in fact, in one study, 83% of medical students found that these types of rotations actually provided adequate quantity of learning for what their expectations were. And in other healthcare fields, these are happening too. For residents in pharmacy, a significant number of their learning domains they rated as extreme competence and extreme comfort level with these telemedicine rotations with these virtual rotations you also have nursing or for that matter med student rotations shadowing which they are mostly limited in many states now to the simulation based education and that's great when it's all you have but it also Decreases the one on one aspect with the patient, learning to empathize with the patient before you become an actual provider, which is extremely important. So, all of these needs from the in person rotations in places outside of maybe that school's current network or providing these telemedicine rotations can be easily implemented with our system. And the reason I say easily is well, take a look for yourself. A few screenshots here depict exactly what the flow is for, in this instance, a preceptor or a clinician. You register, you create your basic profile and train your personal data in there. You create a listing, a rotation that you'd like to offer, filling in the types of students, numbers of students, the documents that are required for that particular rotation, compensation amount. And within a few clicks, you can have your listing go live. And from the student's point of view, again similarly creating their profile with their school with the type of student they are with any academic achievements they might want to list in their biography searching the current rotations on the marketplace at the time finding one that suits their needs whether it's a certain price range a certain specialty maybe a certain location because they're really trying to gain residency in that location and they want to network ahead of time or maybe unmatched physicians that want to build up their cvs even more for the upcoming next year's match they fill out their requests and the time slot a couple of clicks to upload their documentation and off the up application goes waiting for an acceptance or rejection from the physician from the administrator whoever's running the account all right that's all i had anyway and ready for questions
1: uh, i am curious if you could please comment in which stage of implementation you are. I'm not sure if you, what you are showing us as a site, if it's live or if it's a concept and also what, uh, what kind of traction you have, like, are people already using it or do you have a pilot in place?
0: Sure. So we have been beta testing earlier this year and we're exiting beta testing. Now currently have several hundred students. I want to say maybe 300 students. That were in beta testing or on the waitlist to do so and approximately 200 physicians that have already expressed interest were in the beta testing we are exiting beta testing with the improvements being made from the recommendations of that beta test and several hospitals and schools have also expressed interest in this we're hoping that the new version will go live within the next few weeks maybe a month or two max and the traction has been very positive very strong so far
2: so when the risk managers get at you they're going to have lots of fun uh from from schools i guess have you talked at all to obviously huge range I, i don't want to be elitist but the mass generals the brigham women's blah 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 so have you what are the you know obviously there's going to be a lot of interest by your users on the tier list of your uh, have you started talking to you know elite medical schools and their risk managers and etc because that will probably be the highest desirability for some of your users your med student users at the same time it'll also be your lowest penetration in terms of coverage
0: i would push back a little on that i wouldn't say it's the highest need for the majority of the users, because one, yes, it is going to be very difficult for us to try to break into that, but also they have internal systems already that it's going to be less likely they're willing to shift over, whereas the majority of students going to the majority of schools and gaining the majority of residency spots out there are still in need of assistance or of reaching out to different hospitals, different clinics outside of their current network. So our main focus is on that aspect right now, although the door is always open for the more quote-unquote elite colleges. But as you said, they would be very difficult to break into. They're probably using systems that they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on internally anyway. So it's not
2: the target at the moment. Can you share with us some of these uh, hatchet man jobs? What are they charging your poor Students, how much? Is that a, obviously is your max margin at this time in the market.
0: I can show you some
2: of my old uh, bills if you would like. <laughs> yeah, ballpark. You don't have to share bills. Say a kid's, some students' bills. Yeah, I've seen
0: between my own experience and some other students that I went to school with, the rotation agencies. I believe the price range you're talking about through them was usually on average about $800 a week. I've seen some up to $4,000 per week. And that was for a private practice family medicine rotation. It does differ usually by specialty, by location,
2: but yet the prices can be quite extreme. Well, Sorry, one last question. I don't actually know this anymore. How many medical students are there in the United States? And how many medical students, and I know that there are a lot of non-U.S. students that are trying to get into the U.S. market, and presumably you're starting with the U.S. market, what's your TAM right now? There's a lot of different numbers to go by, and exact stats
0: on how many medical students there are can differ depending on your definition. So usually we utilize um, the number of students that recently passed, whether it's step one or step two, the USMLE step one or step two, and those are usually in the 20 to 22,000 range per year. So assuming those numbers plus those that might have taken time off might lag, we could say mid to high 20s are probably the, the complete market for just medical students. If you also take into account DO students, that number would go up. And if we were to take into account other healthcare care professions such as nursing, pharmacy, whether it be respiratory tech or other tech jobs, then the numbers would be hard to calculate. <laughs>
1: Can you please also comment on your team? Are you a one-man shop or do you have more people? And also on the funding, so the project is self-sustainable. Do you do you charge people and then t- take a cut or is there a different kind of model?
0: Right. So the team is mostly myself, the app development team, which is outsourced to a U.S. development team, and then multiple independent contractors, no one on salary at this point until the official launch. The fundability of it has been bootstrapped up to this point, and then it's going to run on a similar model. At least the design currently is to run it on a similar model to other crowdsourced applications such as Airbnb, Uber, Lyft, where there's a transaction fee. So there's no monthly subscription. It's free for anyone, any physician or clinic to sign up, providing they have the correct credentials to do so. Any learner can register for free and search for free or as a guest. And then only when transactions occur, are they charged for it.
1: So basically it's something like Airbnb or dating app for medical education, correct?
0: I'm not sure about the dating act app, <laughs> but uh, yes, the Airbnb comparison is probably an accurate one.
1: And I'm stealing uh, or borrowing language from Ferdinand we've been talking about. <laughs> so I got inspired over here. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: The Medical Nemonist podcast is powered by Med School Coach. To access Med School Coach services, including USMLE tutoring and residency admissions advising, visit our website at medschoolcoach.com. Good luck as you prepare for your board exams, and we hope you tune in again next time.